The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello. Today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking to Mike Montague. He is the global head of content over at Sandler Training, who are the world's largest sales training company. We've got over 250 locations. It's actually head hurtling towards 300 locations around the world. He's also the host of the How to Succeed podcast, and he co-wrote a book called LinkedIn the Sandler Way with the fine folks over LinkedIn. Now today we are going to be talking about how you can sell without peddling or pushing or most importantly price cutting so you're always selling on a discount so there's a bunch of great stuff coming up for you there but when this podcast comes to an end we don't want you to feel like you're sat there all alone with loads of questions wondering how does this work for me in my business so come and share whatever it is that you are working on with email marketing in our free Facebook group and you'll be able to get stuck into all of the training and the resources that we put in there as well just go to Facebook and search for the email marketing show community it'll come straight up. Or you can go to your web browser like Chrome or Safari or Firefox and just type in robandkennedy.group. It will forward you by magic and technology to the group. Okay, so he's terrified of electricity and so he has to turn a socket off before he can plug anything in. It's hypnotist Robert Temple. And the man who can't walk past a door that is ajar without shutting it, it's the mind reader, Kennedy. So when you say you're terrified of electricity, what is that? Like, oh, bloody hell so of light. So literally, if I have to plug something in yeah. and the socket isn't turned off at the wall, mm-hmm. I can't plug it in. I mean, I call that normal. Like, most normal humans are like that. That's not an interesting fact. That's you just being born on the show. Thanks. No, most people, like, dive in. Just dive in. Just dive in there without turning it off at the wall. In America, there's not even a bloody switch. I know. Hello there. We are here every single week giving course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything you need to be the email marketing hero in your own business using psychology-driven email marketing. Right Now, then. Kennedy, as, as you know, we have Mike with us today, and I'm going to read out three statements about Mike, and I want you to guess which one of these is true. One of them's true. One of them, two of them are big, fat lines. Okay. All right, so here we go. It's one of the three things. Don't look at his face in case he gives anything away. The first one is uh, Mike bought a McDonald's for Madonna at three in the morning, 3 a.m., okay. or did he jokingly call Rod Stewart a criminal to his face? Or was he fired by Billy Idol live on a stage? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to confess that I think I know the answer to this already because I think when we were lovely guests on Mike's show, he told us the answer to this. So really? you've th- got a better memory than me. Yes, I think he got fired by Billy Idol live on stage. Is that true? Ah oh, no. That's correct. Yes, I, I must have used that story too many times It's now. a weak victory, Kennedy. It's a weak victory. We're not going with that. <laughs> it's not a weak victory. This is the same techniques that Sherlock Holmes himself used, which were memory and deduction. <laughs> Sorry, he went into the mind palace there, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, man. 
Great to be here. I'm big fans and a member of the Facebook group, so I highly recommend that and and happy to share with the, the group. Awesome. Well, one of the things um, I think a lot of us struggle with, we, we really wanted to tap into your breadth of Sandler world on, is it's very easy for all of us when we're selling any kind of education or any kind of course or coaching, that kind of thing, to sell based on discounting. That's like a, a big thing. First of all, before we get into some ways that, as a sales organization, you obviously help people sell in other ways, and we want to definitely tap into that, but why do you think, first of all, many of us slip into that situation to begin with? It's a great question, and it happens on both sides, the sales and marketing side, is that we all have these stereotypes and scripts that we grow up with of how we think marketers and salespeople should act. So in sales, if you wanted to like fake a role play and I just said, Kennedy, I'm gonna play a salesperson, you play a buyer, we could do that really easily because we both know our parts, right? Like mm -hmm. if you walk into a store, I say, hey, Kennedy, welcome to the store. How can I help you today, right? And you say, no, just looking. Like we all have those scripts. And the same thing happens in marketing. When we think about, oh, I need to send an email to my audience, we go back to the greatest hits of what we've seen everybody else do. And most people are doing it wrong. Or if it's not just wrong, what happens is those paths have already been taken so many times that the maps are all gone. It's already used. Everybody has stolen those tricks and so they don't work anymore. So things like, you know, interrupting, using hyperbole and three exclamation points on your things. We mentioned discounting any type of game or limited time offer, the countdown clock, all of those things we've all already seen. So they become less and less effective. We as buyers, we learn to hide and block those uh, ads that are interrupting us. We learn to ignore uh, subject lines that are, are spammy. We learn to uh, use this to our advantage, like reach, research other people's offers and go, oh, this thing looks good, but let me go online and Google if somebody else has a sale or if there's a, a coupon code for this. And especially if you use the discounted offers, we'll just wait. We go, oh, I know these guys have a course launch every uh, quarter, so let me just wait till the end of the quarter and then the price is gonna go down and then I'll, I'll get my, my, what I wanted at a, at a cheaper price. And that's just not really in our best interest as the, the owners. That makes a lot of sense. I think the problem is it becomes so easy when you see like, you know, maybe you've got a discounted offer when somebody first joins your list or when you do a launch of a new product, you see sales flood in at this low price. And then you think, well, now I've got to put the price up because I said I was going to put the price up. And suddenly maybe the sales don't come in as fast. Now, maybe that's because the sales process isn't good enough. Maybe that's because the marketing's not good enough. Maybe that's just because you've just, you've just beaten your head over your list. Or you've beaten your subscribers over the head with a discounted price. And why now would they buy it at full price? So I suppose, what's your positioning in terms of starting to attack this from a different angle so that we don't have to be constantly relying on discounted offers all the time? Sure. I think there's four quick words you could write down. Trust, permission, qualification, and unique value. And you guys talk about all of these all the time, right? Want to get permission for people to be on our list. And if they want what we have to sell, we don't have to discount it, right? Same thing with the qualification. If our list is full of qualified people who want our courses, there's no reason to discount. They want to pay full price. They might even pay more because they're really in need. And then unique value is interesting too. If we're selling something that nobody else has, they can't compare prices to that. 
whenever I, I use this example, I think about my background. You mentioned I was a, a DJ. You guys have interesting uh, side hustles and, and background as well, right? How many DJ, sales trainer, podcaster, authors, you know, have you met and how, what, which of their courses would you compare mine to? When you start looking around at these when they're unique, you can really price it at whatever you want. And sometimes the higher prices actually get higher conversions because they go, oh, it must be valuable. And uh, I'm sure you guys have seen this. I've seen this with magic books that you guys are proud of your stuff there in, in magic, right? The books are at least twice as, as expensive as any other paperback book you could buy out there, but that's because there's real value in there and you can't get those things anywhere else. That's absolutely, it's amazing to think about that. And let's talk about this unique offer then, because like you said, there's, um, I remember when I first started doing foot, my gigs in the very beginning, I could either become an expensive magician by charging 50 pounds more than the local magician, or I could be double the price of a magician, which means I'm now no longer in the category. So are you talking about inventing a new category? Uh, could be. I mean, that that always helps for sure. But even if you're in the same category, I think you need to be really clear from the beginning about how you are different from everybody else. Because if you're just basically saying, uh, I don't want to use you guys as the bad example. Let me think of another course. Okay, my social selling course. I'll use myself. If I'm saying, hey, there's a lot of social selling courses out there. You're buying so social selling courses. You might as well buy mine. Here, I'll give you a discount that's clearly devaluing any sort of unique selling proposition or why you should buy it. If I instead position myself as there's a lot of social selling courses out there that are really social marketing courses about how to get giant lists, my course is for salespeople that tell you how to work with the smallest possible amount of connections and still hit your sales numbers. Now we're talking about a course that you can't compare to everybody else's and that you would pay a premium for if you're a salesperson. I love this idea of making yourself completely incomparable. It's a bit like how Apple can have the audacity to charge a thousand pounds for, you know, a second rate device. Let's be honest, uh, fellow Android users. Um, what I want to ask though, is a lot of people, yeah, you're, you're, on, you're on team Android as well? Yeah. Solidarity, which by the way, is now the new safest device you can buy. Apple always claims the security is better, but since there's so many, now and there's only one operating system much easier to hack right. switch switch over to android join, join the dark side with us <laughs> and here endeth my lesson um so one of the big reasons that a lot of people i'm going to say resort to discounting and we have absolutely been guilty of this like no qualms about it we've definitely used that we do use discounting as a method but one of the reasons that is popular is it's a really easy way of creating a, a sense of urgency, a reason to act now. There's a discount, it's 20% off, 50% off, if you do it before midnight on Tuesday. So how on earth, Mike, with all of your experience, how do we get people to make decisions if, there's no, if there is no scary countdown timer where the page is gonna self-destruct? Well, you hit it with scary. So uh, the word I like to think of is scarcity. Scarcity makes things more valuable, but it also creates a legitimate reason of why you would want to take action now, right? Uh, again, we could pick any example, but let's say there's um, 
10 autographed footballs from your favorite favorite footballer and they're on auction and they're really going to go away. He's not going to sign anymore or, or whatever. He's retired. The value is going up on these. Your opportunity to buy it at its lowest point is now and you want to take action now. There's a sense of urgency without discounting the price of that. There's no reason in that situation why we would want to say, oh, we're taking these 10 limited scarce items and we're lowering the price to get you to buy today. That wouldn't wouldn't make sense and to be counter to the value you're trying to I'm curious to know, this is great. I'm curious to know, what's your view on discounts generally? Should we like never really do a discount? Like, does that help the situation if we never do it? Or do you think there is a time and a place where discounts work and they don't just make people sit and say, well, I'll just wait until the discount? I kind of skipped one of the four words I gave you at the beginning. We didn't talk a lot about trust, but that's the key. my key answer to that question, Rob, is if it builds trust with your audience, then a discount makes sense. Most of the time, discounts, though, destroy trust because you're saying, oh, I was trying to screw you a couple of minutes ago, but now I have a discount. I can sell it lower. <laughs> right. That's what really you're saying with the discount. So if there is a legitimate reason for you to lower the price that's in their best interest, then I think maybe it does. Other than that, I almost say never. Um, so I'm trying to think of a really good reason, and maybe it's uh, a charity or you have a legitimate reason like there was a stock of books and we're coming out with a new version of the book so we want to get rid of our inventory yeah what rather if, than throwing damage from the environment sure like what if that what if like, there's some damaged ones we we had um, some for some physical books uh, that we produced there was a bunch of them just because of the mailing system in the big box there were damaged there was a couple of you can discount those maybe if that's like you say it's a real legitimate reason yeah, or I'm also thinking when it would be in the best interest of the buyer, like maybe there are people that have wanted to buy your course, but truly couldn't afford it. And, and we're doing a special thing, you know, during COVID for out of work people or um, returning military or something like that. There's a legitimate reason why you would want these people to have a lower price than other people that you've you've charged full price for. I love the idea of putting a qualification on a discount, and this is not something that gets talked about before. So this is a, it gets talked about a lot in the offline world. It very rarely gets talked about online, where this is a discount for, like you said, like returning uh, military or you know, nurses and doctors or like somebody who falls into a particular category. I think that's an interesting idea that actually more online businesses could start to apply to their stuff if they're in a particular if their business serves like some sort of uh, mission, like if the mission behind their business is bigger than, well, I sell my courses because I want to sell my courses and make money. Like if they have a bigger purpose and a, like a, a, a mission they're on, then I think that's a, that's a really, really cool idea. So we've talked about trust. We've talked about unique positioning. Let's dive into the other two a little bit. So I think um, that's where it gets interesting is around the permission and how do we get people to take action then? So I found two loopholes here to help you get permission and get people to take action where we're not necessarily discounting. Uh, one of them you can argue probably still is, but the, the first one is an invitation. So if I'm a salesperson or if I'm a marketer and I offer somebody an invitation, they have the ability to decline that invitation, no harm, no foul, right? But most people don't get offended or don't push back on an invitation they don't want. So if I invite you guys over you know, you know, to the States to party it up and have some fun uh, this winter, you would probably decline at the moment. But um, 
you're also not going to be offended. You're not going to go, oh, Mike was so pushy by by doing that. It's it's nice to be invited or nice to be included in things. So I think a lot of times we want to create an atmosphere and environment around what we're doing that we're inviting people to a webinar. We're inviting people to join the course now because there's a lot of other people joining at this time and it's going to make sense for them to start all on the same page. Invitations are not the same as offers in, in my world. I see those a little bit differently. The second thing I would say is gifts. So even if you get a gift for your birthday or, or Christmas or something that you don't like, it's still nice to get a gift, right? Nobody sends that back and is like, oh, I hate that jerk Kennedy for sending me a gift. Uh, I can't believe you did that, right? So that is my way of maybe saying, hey, we have a special offer. There's something in our interest or we want you to enjoy this part of it complimentary if you buy the course now. And so sometimes that can get a little tricky. It can fall into the discount area. That's where I said that one's borderline for me. But I, I like gifts early to make sure that we're getting the right people and we're getting their permission to continue to market to them. If they accept the gift, then we know that they, they want to be on our list and they want to use what we have. I like this idea of the gift because I think for a lot of us, we've often seen that as uh, we call that like a bonus, isn't it? Like it's basically adding value to rather than devaluing the product. Uh, I think that's a really interesting thing. I think and actually, because a lot of us will do both those things. And actually now you think about it in the cold light of just this conversation that we're having of going, yeah, so we'll discount it by $100 and we'll give them more stuff. And then you look at it and you go, why the bloody hell would I do that? Devaluing the product and giving away more stuff. Um, and I think there's—I mean, there's, there's so many avenues that can go down with on the um, on on the on the psychology of this. It's making me think of Robert Cialdini uh, in his in his book *Influence: The Psychology of Persuasion*. He talks about the power of the the word because, and he talks uh, basically this, this the mm. strength of having a reason why. Is that something you guys at Sandler talk about a lot? Absolutely. And I think that ties back to the to the unique value and stuff of why we're charging this. And we still need to justify our price. But look, it shouldn't be that close uh, in their mind. So when you talk about discounting at 100 bucks, hopefully I'm giving them a thousand dollar or thousand pound return on their investment. So this hundred dollars is not going to matter. Right. You can invest a thousand dollars if I'm going to give you ten thousand dollars back. So really what we need to do is build our case of the unique value, but also a return on investment that dwarfs three, five, ten times what they're investing. And if they believe and trust you that that's true, price shouldn't be an issue. And it really isn't ever the issue. It's such an interesting idea. And then it now brings the next thing to mind, which is actually, if the actual challenge is just the number I have to give you today because of cash flow affordability, rather than doing discounting, we could now be looking at payment plans and payment installation rather than I'm going to discount the whole, I'm going to discount the whole thing, right? Yeah, I love negotiating terms instead of the price. That That's a big Sandler trick that we use with salespeople all the time. And Or is if somebody really needs to discount, you can uh, negotiate what that is, right? Okay, well, if you give me a referral or 10 introductions, we'll give you a $100 coupon off the price. So now we're trading. Money isn't the only way to get paid. You guys know that from the entertainment business as well, right? So sometimes there's reputation, there's referrals, there's uh, lessons that, that can be learned that are important. So there's other things that we can trade or get in return 
for that discounted value if we really needed to do that. But again, I don't think we really need to. One I wanted to ask you back, have you ever played with the, the sliding scale of letting people choose their price? It's funny. We've uh, we've seen we've run a few offers um, with with other clients and stuff like that where they've done that as like a retargeting thing. So like on the on the sales page, it'd be like, hey, this thing is seventeen dollars. And then if somebody leaves and they get retargeted onto that offer a couple of times, and then like as the back end, it's like, hey, name your price. Um, we know some people who are making that work really really well, um, and it's quite an interesting idea. But the problem is. It's it's better. I suppose it 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 brings the question: Is is that better than saying, "All right, I'll do it cheaper," or are you saying, <laughs> "Well, because yeah, I, I guess it's kind of them saying, well, you tell me how much this thing is worth to you," and I suppose as long as you have built up value, then that's not a bad thing. The problem is, are you then training a behaviour of, well, I've got this twenty grand coaching program, this mastermind. You tell me what's that? A hundred dollars? Ah. You know, it can be really tricky. Definitely. Yeah, I think you would need to limit your scale and make sure you're profitable at the lowest number you're making it available. So I've seen like sliders where if it's $17, you can take it to seven or 37, but we're not really letting you you know, go to zero or a penny uh, on those things. But it's, it's interesting. I, I agree with you. It, to me, it feels psychologically different. Like I'm I'm choosing to discount my, uh, myself as the buyer rather than you discounting your services which is interesting and i've heard people average out to around the the middle of what they set in that bar anyway um so i'm i'm not personally one of those guys but i'm always psychologically interested in who chooses the highest possible yeah, who uh, is there. that person who goes it's definitely all the way over here that's brilliant let's get them on the phone right let's just get them on the phone. <laughs> i suppose it's about waiting we need more of those buyers yeah it's about waiting that scale though isn't it like if your actual price is a ten dollar ebook thing right you put the scale between zero and 500 then mm -hmm. that i mean then you're gonna get you're gonna get at least the 10 you know that's that's what's interesting about it um but then it's to think about the, we always talk about training the behaviors and it's the same in, in the sandler way isn't it? like what behaviors are you, are you training I think what, what I really pull out of this is really interesting. You know, my dad, my, a typical thing my dad would say is if there's a thing that a shop normally sells for like £20 and then they sell it for £2 because they just need to clear the stock, he would be jumping up and down saying, oh, you see, they've normally got a massive margin on this. They're scammers. And you know what? Even when you're yeah. selling digital products and courses and stuff, I think people probably do feel that way when it comes down to $100 instead of $500 or something. So I think that is worth bearing in mind. But as with everything, if you do like a buy one, get one free sale of whatever it is that you sell, not you could do that with courses all easily. But if you did like a buy one, get one free sale of, of whatever it is that you sell, that is the same as discounting by half price, but it never feels the same to the customer. So I think with all the stuff we've talked about, like having a bonus, technically that's actually a discount because you're giving them a 100% discount on the on the thing you're giving them, right? So there are just different ways you can frame what would normally in the sort of lazy approach be a discount and just get the same result you want without having to. I think that's great. I think it's absolutely lovely. Great. I think I'm going to drag us into the next feature of the show. Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. So, Mike, have you got a subject line that you love and has worked particularly well for you guys? Well, I'm going to cheat. I have three, and these are out of my LinkedIn, the Sandler Way book. But my three favorite subject lines for any email, whether it's sales or marketing, are introduction, question, or help. So what I found in our research is 
people that are marketers and spammers write really long subject lines because they're trying to convince you to open it. Human beings are lazy. Human beings write one word subject lines, sometimes one letter subject lines if they put it in at all. So you can see in your inbox immediately which one is a marketing message and which one is a human. So by going more human one word subject lines, introduction, question, or help, people have to open the email then to see what's the introduction about, what's the question, who needs help. And also those are ambiguous of whether you have a question for me, I have a question for you, is the, the help, me helping you, or are you helping me? There's some ambiguity to it that makes you at least open the email. Love, Love that. that. Really great. Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. That's this week's subject line of the week. Absolutely loving those ones. So if people want to find out more about what you're up to, Mike, where should they go? Sandler.com slash sell is our free e-learning library. We do free or paid, so no discounts. <laughs> free Sandler.com slash sell. If you want my book, you can download that for free as well. It's Sandler.com slash LinkedIn secrets. You can download that for uh, 25 secrets to how to use LinkedIn for salespeople, not necessarily for marketers, just to be upfront with it. No, I love that. Love, love. And folks listening to this, if you want to join in on this conversation, keep it going. Let's brainstorm how you could do this in your business. Come and hang out in our free Facebook group. As Mike said, he's in there as well. Just go to Facebook and search for the Email Marketing Show community. Come along and join us. It's uh, it's free and we're very friendly. Yeah, it's not discounted. It's just damn well free. Right, Mike, thank you so much for being on the show. Great to be here. Thank you.